If you're visiting us this morning or tuning in for the first time, uh, we had our annual youth summer camp uh, this week, Tuesday to Thursday. We took 33 young people and 13 uh, youth leaders. This was probably the most fun camp that we've done. (laughs) And, And it's not like we planned or programmed like massive amounts of fun. But there was fun because of overflowing freedom. There we go. Thanks, Zell. Zell made this for you. Just enjoy the pictures. Uh, we had a lot of fun, and it came from this place of overflowing freedom. As our teens were encountering Jesus and feeling free, they came to life. They danced. We had an impromptu glow stick dance party, which... We've actually programmed and planned that in previous years, but it was not as nearly as fun as the spontaneous one that just was the overflow of that freedom. And it started, it started with one man. It started with Liam. Liam just decided to start grooving and dancing away to something. I wasn't in the room at the time. About five minutes later, someone came racing into where I was. It was a glow stick party dance. Let's go, let's go. And took off again. It's like, oh. I better go see what this is. I'm in charge. I need to know what's going on. Um, and we were in there till almost 11 o'clock, just throwing glow sticks in the air and hoops and dancing. And But the point is, it was this, this overflowing freedom. There was life welling up. And it was to the point that they were not able to contain it. It's like Jeremiah talks about your word was like a fire shut up in my bones. This, this freedom and joy was like in there. It's like, ah, I got to get out. And then out it came in these incredible ways was massively encouraging. We started our camp here, and Dan got up and did, did a, this teaching. The camp theme was Stormproof, about preparing a generation for the return of Jesus and why that matters. The good thing is, you can set a plan and be like, this is what it is. And God can go, that's cool. I'm going to do this thing over here, and it will tie loosely to what you've prepared. And so we were going in thinking, we're going hard, we're doing some end time stuff, we're talking about get your heart ready, and um, on, on the Wednesday morning, I, I got all the leaders together early, bleary-eyed, um, before the other campers were up for breakfast, and I sat down to talk about the day, and I just said to them, look, I'm feeling like there's this, I'm feeling like there's this restraint, there's, it's like, as I started to say that, uh, Lauren said, actually, I had this picture yesterday, and she's a, she's a mum, we've got three kids, and uh, so her, her pictures tend to be child-related, um, and she talked about a child car seat, and just how the, the harness goes over, and if you've got sneaky children, you might have that Houdini strap, the extra one, we've got one of those, and it's just this, there's this they pull on the seat and they hit the restraint and they can't get any further. They find it really distressing. But that was the image that Lauren had of just this trying to break through, trying to break free, but there is something sitting there. It was like we're standing right on the edge of a cliff and God is saying, just jump off, just go. And there's kids who are standing at the edge and there's, you've, you might have done this, this sort of like the fake jump thing. You go, oh, I'm gonna, no, I'm not going to go. I'm going to, no, I'm not going to go. It was like that. And then we had someone else share about how they just felt like 
They had a picture of God with hands out towards this cold heart. And the desire of God was to stir up joy. Probably need to address that. (laughs) Story for later. Uh, God reaching out to this cold heart and wanting to fill and replace that, um, that, that, that dullness and that heaviness with joy, with a recognition of, of God and, and the fear and the trembling that comes with that, but the joy of the Lord in that place as well. On the, on the Tuesday night, so this is Wednesday morning, on the Tuesday night, Jen had spoken and her three points um, were start from now, as in it doesn't matter. You know, there's no condemnation. You just go again. Start from now, get accountability, and deal ruthlessly with sin. And, we, and I stood up on, on that Tuesday night and I said, I feel like God is wanting you. Maybe this was a bad idea, the slideshow. <laughs> is it possible to pause it, Ryan? Oh, sorry, Andy. Yeah, that'll do. We'll put, we'll put it up later. Too distracting. Maybe there's a still we can put up, I don't know. That's right. Start from now. Get accountability. Do it with someone. Run with friends. And um, deal ruthlessly with sin. And I, and I stood up on that night and I said, I just feel like, you know, the Bible talks about confessing sin. It's not just about dealing with it in your heart. There is freedom that comes from bringing that darkness into the light and the lies that bind us when we don't do that. I can't do that because people will judge me. I can't do that because I'm too afraid. I can't, I can't, I won't. And I said, guys, God is calling you out of those dark places and into the light. There is no shame. There is no condemnation. No leader in here is going to look at you and go, wow, you are a lost cause. Nobody will do that. We will say, hallelujah, the Lord is bringing you freedom. Let me pray with you. And on that night, a few people responded. We got up the next morning. And one of our leaders shared about how they had wrestled with that issue. They had sort of, they missed the boat the night before, but they felt it again Wednesday morning. And so they pulled another leader aside and they had a little prayer session. And they got up and they, in front of all the youth, said, I felt like I had missed it. But God says it's not over. You come into the light at any time. And so I stood there on that Wednesday morning. I said, guys, we're not even going to have a teaching this morning. It was my, t- it was my, time, my turn to teach. So we're not doing it this morning. We're going to make this call. We're going to make this call. If you're feeling that restraint and you want freedom, we want to pray with you. If you're feeling the need for renewal, that cold heart reality, we want to pray for you. And if God is impressing on your heart an area of sin that you need to confess and come into the light and be free from we want to pray with you and we got the leaders to line up across the front and we said come it's an act of humility for you to get out of your seat and move forward and say god i need help so let's go we had no idea what was going to happen we spent an hour just praying for kids we had one I love this. This is one of my favorite parts. We had one kid get up three times. Went over to that leader, had them pray. Sat back down. Got up and went over to that leader, got them to pray as well. Sat back down. Got up and came to me at the end as well. I was like, I've been watching you, man. 
I've seen you walk around three times. This is great. Have you, is it the same thing every time? No, I was sort of, maybe, I don't know. Like, it's, like, it's fine, whatever. You get as much as you need, as much as you want. We want to pray with you. We want you to experience freedom. And it was, that was sort of this breaker moment for the camp where that freedom and, and joy began to enter in. And I want to acknowledge the, the leadership team as a whole functioning in their various gifts with pictures and wisdom and, and prophetic insight speaking into the lives of all of these teens. I have a great team around me. I really do appreciate them. And I appreciate their willingness to use their gifts how God has asked them to. Having said that, now my bit's done. Um, Dan, we got some testimonies. Dan's going to come up first. But the rest of you who have been prepped, come and, come and start over here. And while Dan's talking, I'll tell you what order to get yourselves into. All right. Do you need me to remind you of your names? Samantha, Emily, Emily, Samuel, Isaiah, Hannah, Liam. Let's go. And Lauren. Excellent. Uh, I just really quickly want to echo what Nathan was saying, because I believe that God works and then God release testimony because God wants to do more work. And so I want to encourage you to receive these testimonies with an open heart that God wants to bring more freedom into your heart as you stand before God. And even as I say that, I'm also going to warn you, there are pretty much three ways every time that God brings freedom. And they're the three ways that we encountered freedom on camp. And the first is through confessing sin. And there was a bunch of it that went on on camp. Um, and it was uh, painful at times. Um, I stood with one camper for a very extended amount of time, just encouraging them that they could do it. They could confess that thing they didn't think they could confess, and they did, and they began to walk in freedom, and it was awesome. Um, so confession of, of sin, hidden sin, unconfessed sin. Uh, the second is the releasing of forgiveness. It is so often a key to people beginning to go into a new level of their relationship with God. We must be a forgiving people because we are a forgiven people. And the third one is the knowledge of God. We need the knowledge of God that brings freedom, that brings light, that brings illumination. So as these guys share testimonies, God might begin highlighting things in your own life and don't be surprised. It's because he wants us to experience freedom. We've begun experience freedom and he wants all of us to walk in the freedom of truly following Jesus into those painful, unenjoyable parts called confessing our sin, forgiving people who have hurt us and pressing into the knowledge of God. Sammy. Okay, um, so when Nathan asked me to speak, my instant response was, no, no, I can't public speak, I suck at it. And then I was confronted with the reality of why I didn't want to speak. I didn't want to speak because of fear. Not just the fear of public speaking, but a deeper one. The fear that I was afraid that if I spoke, I was going to cry, say something stupid, and make a fool of myself. I thought that I would be rejected and hurt. And this fear is exactly the reason I'm on stage this morning. For me, last year was very difficult. At the start of the year, me and my family went through a big struggle. As many of you know, um, Lulu moved out, and in some way, we lost her. And with this, great pain followed. 
not only for me and my family, but for those of you who were very close to her. For me, this pain was a sting of rejection, a sting that I am relatively familiar with, a sting that has encircled my life and that's affected my decisions and ultimately affected my relationship with God for as long as I can remember. This fear has kept me from fully surrendering my life to God because I've had this lie embedded in me from childhood that I wasn't worthy of love, everyone rejected me before, why is it different with God? So because I was familiar with this sting, I was able to push away the pain like I had done so many times before. Because I knew that I had things to do, I had to go on with life, and I had to help my family get through the pain while I was slowly suffering. I was living a double life. One in a church context where I'd pretend to be all in for God and fake an amazing relationship with him. And the other, I'd let myself fall into the patterns of the world. Because before... These behaviours, the behaviours of the world, allowed me to be friends with the in-crowd. And this is where I received my temporary acceptance and love. However, this wasn't really working out the way I'd hoped. And the pain kept resurfacing and I had to keep trying to find new ways to satisfy my extreme desire to be accepted and loved. It wasn't until the past few months that I had begun making a real change. I was making better choices and surrounding myself with people who helped me grow in my faith and overall starting on my healing journey. And for me, this camp was like the last step in my journey to break off fear in my life. On camp, I spoke out forgiveness for people who have hurt me in the past and I actually meant it. On camp, I told God that I was ready to give him everything and I actually meant it. And on camp, I spoke out against the fears and the sins that I let entangle me and I actually meant it. And now I'm filled with so much joy. Now I know I don't have to fear man and that I only have to fear him. And now I know that he chose me before I could have chosen him. I know that he loves me unconditionally. And it's no longer head knowledge, it's also heart knowledge now. And I'm ready to fight back when life's try to grab hold of me again. So when Nathan asked him to speak and the fear of rejection tried to grab hold, I pushed back and I agreed... And I'm so glad I did, because as Julie said on Friday night, expression deepens the impression. Thank you. So camp, camp was Tuesday to Thursday, and then we all got together in the prayer room on Friday night to have another worship time and pray for one another as we all sort of head back into our homes. And So, Emily. <clears throat> On camp, I actually really felt the call of God to rise up, to speak God's word and to step out into that boldness when I'm with my friends or at school, um, in like with my friends who aren't Christians, to like rise up into that boldness and not be afraid um, and not be silenced by the enemy or settle for anything less than what God has for me. I got woken up to the reality that Jesus is going to return as king and I need to be ready and have God's word in me, like the wise bridesmaids in Matthew 25, who were ready for the bridegroom because they had enough oil in their lamps. And Jesus doesn't want to return to a lukewarm bride. And the question for me, um, it got raised at camp. It's like, are you ready for, are you ready to stand for Jesus in the face of persecution? Big and small. And are you ready to step out into that boldness and speak the name of Jesus? And on camp, God's put that yes in my heart to do whatever it takes because I know that I can depend on him.
so last last year I guess it wasn't great for my relationship with God. Like I didn't really experience or encounter him for a long time. I just felt like really distant and I don't know if it was a result of that or leading to that was like I felt myself just slipping in terms of like sin, like my language was getting really bad, the way I treat people and all that kinds of stuff. But then on camp, um, I really had this eye-opener when like Dan spoke and other people about like essentially just a wake-up call. And then I didn't really respond when God asked me to, kind of, for the first couple of sessions. And I just felt this something moving in me. I didn't go up. And the last one I did and like, it's got this like peace come over me and it's like cool. Um, yeah. It's good. I watched Sam in that last session practically bounced out of his seat at the back and strode with great purpose all the way to the front. I thought, yes. Uh, mine's a little long. I don't usually do this kind of thing. Like, I just prefer to keep my feelings to myself. But um, I was asked to do it, so... Um, I've, always, I've always been a person that felt things very strongly, but not many people were aware of that because I like to keep that hidden. This is mainly due to um, how overwhelming my emotions got and um, experiences where people kind of use that against me. So growing up, emotions were a vulnerability. This meant that every time someone hurt me, I pushed it down because feeling was weakness. And um, that's, that's not a good idea. Um, this led to a lot of problems when I got older. I didn't let people see what I was feeling, so that often led to um, like jokes about my coldness and inability to convey emotion when that wasn't true. I just kept it hidden. I managed to get past some of it, but there was a lot that I couldn't get past. So, like, when I got older and the stresses of high school started, all those things I managed to keep hidden, managed to start popping up again in the form of things like depression and control issues that led to a lot of anxiety. And I handled it pretty well for the past past few years aside from a few exceptions but um the last two years have definitely been the hardest the past year more specifically I had to deal with a lot at school mainly certain people that made life particularly difficult that led to my mental health getting worse and I'm not going to go into the details because I'd rather not but my biggest problem was I never told anyone the full extent of what I was dealing with My parents had some idea about it, but they never got the full picture. And up until last year, I could deal with it myself. I didn't want to let people know the actual state of my head. Like, the start of last year was actually pretty good. I had a sort of relationship with God. It wasn't great, but it was there. And then I lost something very dear and special. And the pain was awful. It was straight up the worst time of my life it was every night was just constant grief and when I finally thought I'd gotten through it something would trigger it again 
and it would start all over. I got very angry. I had finally let myself love something, which is very hard for me to do, and it was, it was taken. I didn't let anyone see the depth to which that actually hurt me because I was still grieving. I didn't tell people the extent to which it, it hurt because I felt like my feelings would be invalidated again. After that, I was, I was done with God. I was fed the lie that he had taken them away as like a test for my future kind of thing. And so the whole year was kind of just a blur of distractions. It was hard because I could never talk to anyone about it because of the fear that has been created from past experiences. It also meant people would kind of feel bad and pity me and I hate being looked down on, which is another issue I have to work on. But as camp was coming up, I said, this is the last chance I have for God in my life. If nothing happens, I was just done. So I came to camp, which I wasn't very excited about because being around people for three days is not my thing. And I went through it kind of feeling nothing, but I was also tired, so I zoned out a lot. But on the last night, as soon as worship started, this really intense pressure started in my chest. That's always been quite normal in youth and worship-type settings, but this time it was getting worse. It continued into the teaching to a point where I couldn't breathe. It wasn't like a panic attack. It was a spiritual heaviness that prevented me from breathing. I'll start in a panic, and as soon as the response started, I was out of there. I couldn't stay in the room. So I went outside for a bit and then went back in, just sat in the back and observed. Then I decided I'll go to the front because I've got nothing to lose, right? And when I was being prayed for by Chelsea, she mentioned if there was anyone I needed to forgive, and there's a lot of people I need to forgive. So I was slowly beginning to forgive them, and the pain in my chest started to leave, but there was still a bit, but it was bearable. And I was like, okay, that was cool, I guess. And the next night, we met up in the prayer room for worship and prayer stuff. Julie was praying for me and revealed more lies that had been incorporated into my life. Some of them were about my relationship with God, some were about emotions, and others were generational. It was freeing in a way to have those lies revealed, and afterward I was talking to Gracia for a while. She helped me to forgive God and ask for forgiveness as well, and to let go of my loss, even though it was very painful. It meant I'd stop punishing myself for it and look back on them with joy, even though it still does hurt. Like, I, I still get upset about them, and it's been nearly a year. But it meant I'd forgiven, which helped me let go of a few things. It wasn't a solution to all my problems, but it helped start me on that journey of healing. Not having the pain of my loss meant I could slowly process pain from past experiences. I'm still cautious about God and actually loving anything again, but I'm working on it. This was the first big step for that, getting up here and showing vulnerability. I really hate doing this. It's, it, I get physically sick when I let anyone know anything about me. But um, it's a slow journey of letting myself actually be myself without the fear of pain. And it means I actually have to let myself show my emotions instead of hiding it far away. But it's a start, and I guess I'll see where it goes. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah, last night of camp, Julie spoke, and there was a response time. Now I went up and got prayer. And then it wasn't until like 
30 minutes after, where like most people have like floated out the room, and I just began to dance. And um, I was just dancing, and then eventually, like Nathan said, it was like, again, like all 30 of us were doing the Macarena. And then um, I couldn't really explain like what I was feeling at the time. On Friday night at the prayer room, like Dan was up there, and he like basically perfectly explained what I felt, and it all clicked. And he was talking about how like the freedom, God like set free, like things that hold me back, like judgment or whatever. I realized that I was uh, like became overflowed with like joy and freedom, and just God's like yeah joy. And then when we went to get prayer that night as well, I also like began like flooded with joy. And yeah, it was great. Uh, so yeah, so the, the year leading up to camp uh, was pretty hit or miss uh, with, with God for me. Um, for the majority of the year, I had been feeling uh, distant and like I couldn't stand, stand before him. Uh, and because of this, it became hard to stay on the, the, the straight and narrow. Yeah, but on the, on the morning that Nathan talked about when he was up here, uh, when uh, Zell had shared her experience, um, yeah, it, it struck something uh, in me because I had done that. I'd done what she'd done, which is like step back from it and not step into it. Not only on that night, but pretty much every other time uh, that God had highlighted uh, a specific area of sin uh, in my life. Uh, and Nathan then invited uh, everyone into a time of uh, response with that. Yeah, and at that moment, God had once again highlighted uh, this this area of sin that I'd uh, struggled with uh, and had been trying to hide, uh, something that had created a very real barrier uh, between uh, myself and God in my spirit and in my mind. Uh, yeah, he, and as I said, he'd highlighted this many times before, but I never actually stepped out into it. I, there were times where I wanted to quite passionately, but I never actually... Uh, build up the, the confidence uh, to actually go and, and do it. Uh, but this time, there was a really big like emphasis on needing to do it that time. Uh, it was almost like, you know, you'd do it now or never, but it was kind of a little bit different to that. But yeah, so I did. I got up, went to Dan. Pretty sure I'm the one he was referring to with the person he stood there for ages with. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was quite painful uh, to go through that and looking back on it it feels a little bit stupid because I mean in the grand scheme of things it's not that like that big of a, of a thing compared to what God has has in store uh, but yeah once I once I did uh, I felt lighter than I had in like in many years yeah the barrier just it, when we went into the time of worship the barrier just wasn't there anymore I was I was free to to actually just step straight in uh, I was almost like falling down a, a flight of stairs that you didn't realize was there actually because it's just been there for so long but yeah but after that I'm I'm, I'm cleansed I'm forgiven I'm unashamed uh, and now I have a new spirit for God so yeah um I don't know really where to start Basically, my whole life has just been a very slow downfall away from Jesus. 
But when we first moved to Perth, I just felt, all right, that's enough. I don't need to do anything else. And then the first time I came to this church, they were like, oh, my gosh, yes, yay. And I was like, mm, no. And then they invited us to go to youth camp, and I was like, no, thank you. And they are like, yes. And then Mother was like, yes. So I went. <laughs> and it was absolutely great. Definitely regrets from saying no. But I thank my mum for making me go. <laughs> but it was absolutely wonderful. And I think this was the second youth camp ever here. Third. Well, no, last, the very first one I came to. That was the second. But that camp was absolutely great. There was so much healing and so much was just presence in him. And it was wonderful for everyone who was there. And so I just decided, okay, I am changed. And then I left and wasn't changed. <laughs> and it was boring and sucked. And so I was like, mm, maybe next camp. And then next camp came and it was nothing. It just wasn't. So I decided, just don't, I guess. And then this year came and it was absolutely horrible for most everyone in the world. But yes, I had a lot of mental struggles. I gained a lot of bad hobbies. And it got pretty bad for me that I was barely making it to school in the morning. And then youth camp came. <laughs> and the only reason I went was to hang out with my friends and be more stupid than I ever have. But that did happen. But in every worship session there was, I felt just such a pushing for God and such a fire in my heart to just like, woo, <laughs> I guess, and just like have fun. And just the presence of God was definitely with me. And it was just such like a fire. But I don't know what, when this happened, but it did. And I went up for prayer and I got prayer and I was just asking for forgiveness from everything that happened last year. And I just felt like God had just put a wave over me and turned my page of life so I could be set free and just be new. So at this time, I can start full in Jesus. And this time, I can live my life just full, longing for Jesus and not just thinking, eh, he's there. And, but this time, he's not just there. He is everything I'm longing for and everything I'm looking for. So I just want to say, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Good job. So Lauren's going to be the last one to speak. And uh, then the youth team are actually going to close out the worship time. Um, so youth band, let's jump up. And uh, while Lauren speaks, then we'll, we'll close this out. I'm just sharing a, a leader reflection, I suppose. I don't know if Nathan said already, did you say I was taking John to babes? Thank you for your prayers. And I know many of you appreciated the little, 
uh, spreadsheet day-by-day um, outline that Nathan emailed out with prayer points. And there were so many people that sent a text or emailed or sent a verse through and I think we really tangibly felt the impact of those prayers on this camp and that made what's just shared possible as well and um, for me it's so encouraging to be a leader you get to see the fruit we're starting to see the fruit and there was just one moment on the on the last night and we'd had a response time Lots of people have gone forward for prayer and then a lot of people are just headed back to their seats and there was just people lingering. But as I looked, it was our young men that were lingering. I think almost every one of them, it was a young man. The girls had gone back. Girls are important too, but what I mean is perhaps, you know, stereotypes, but emotional responses perhaps come a bit more easily. It's a rare thing. It's not something I see readily. And so I looked down and saw all these young men. There was actually no agenda at that point. There was no prayer happening, just waiting. And as someone that's been praying for a long time for our youth, how many times have I prayed Psalm 119.37, turn, take our young men and turn their eyes away from worthless, worthless things and preserve their life according to your word or give me life in your ways. And it's like there in that moment, I got a glimpse of it. And so I just want to encourage you that with with that parents and people that labor in prayer, that the fruit is coming. I've got two sons of my own that are tiny, tiny, tiny. But when you look at the culture or you look at the messages that our young men are receiving all the time about who they are or just the assault on our generation and just to see those eight to ten young men standing there it was like yes lord this is the fruit of the prayers that we have sown for such a long time so thank you to everybody that has labored and partnered with us in prayer and i've just felt so strongly when we hear the youth come up and share in some ways it's a it's a it's a forerunner at the beginning of the year it's a going ahead of us as to what god's wanting to release in in our community and as as parents and as those that are in our community and standing alongside this is not a word just for the youth today it's a word for everybody and parents there's going to be a blessing in your homes as you welcome your children back and those conversations are stirred up as prayer is hopefully stirred up there's a blessing not just for for the youth but for us all and the invitation this morning for all of us is to respond to the lord and even as keenan was singing this morning that jesus in the streets whatever that song is i just saw like it's like a lifeline like that pulse line just going through and going through to different ones and there's that reviving of hearts that's going to happen this morning he wants to do it and he wants to release release it and so we want to be ones that respond to that and I've had Hebrews 6 going through my mind this morning when it talks about we cling on to that hope like an anchor for the soul or the the message paraphrases it we hold on to this unbreakable spiritual lifeline that God offers out to us and he's just waiting for us to respond to that he's already got us he's holding us he's had these teens this whole time it's not new to him he's been holding them but there's a point where we have to go actually 
God, I'm going to hold on back. I'm clinging on to you. I'm, I'm clinging on and you're not letting me go and I'm not letting you go. We're going to contend. I'm going to wrestle like Jacob, God, until you bless me with that blessing because you are worthy. You are worthy of it. And so I just want to invite you, if that's you this morning, parents, adults, not just teens, what do we want to do, Nathan? Stand and come forward. We've been talking about breaking agreements with passivity. So as the worship time starts come now don't wait until the music starts and it's a perfect moment we said if dan said on camp if there's just a one percent in your spirit that's like oh maybe this word's for me just go for it because god's got so much on offer so let's stand everyone and if that's you come to the forward our teams i invite you you can start praying for these people as well and let's contend for the fullness of god in our lives what he has for us together amen